Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. On a field by a river, two armies face each other. Fathers versus sons, brothers are looking for each other's faces so they can avoid each other in battle. This battle will be the end of a world. Everybody knows that. The sides are too well matched. The stakes are too high. Some will say this is the sum of all fears, the final battle. Historians might suggest the final battle was at the field of Camlin, based on King Arthur's final battle. But history might prove the sum of all fears may be the rider on the horse galloping headlong to its end, or the sailor in his self-made ark caught in the great storm, where both are speculating that they can exit correctly, either to the side of the netherworld or to the side where God exists at the last second. Was King Arthur a real person? Historians cannot confirm King Arthur's existence, though some speculate that he was a real warrior who led British armies against Saxon invaders in the 6th century. Yet elements of his story, like the wizard Merlin, Arthur's sword Excalibur, his wife Guinevere, and his knights of the round table, are confirmed only as legend. The location of Arthur's final battle with his villainous nephew Mordred where both men perished, is said to have been around 539 A.D., yet it's not mentioned in the Historia Britannum, but rather appears first in the Annals Cambria some 400 years later. There are roughly about 42 books written about King Arthur. Yet some 15,000 books have been written about Abraham Lincoln, more than have been written about any other person in world history, with the exception of Jesus Christ. Archaeologists in Palestine have unearthed ancient Nazareth, along with tombs, cisterns, and evidence of Roman crucifixions. And within 20 to 30 years of his lifetime, Jesus was mentioned by Jewish and Roman historians. The first century Jewish historian Flavius Josephus is by far and away the best source of information about first century Palestine. He mentions Jesus, the Apostle James, and John the Baptist in Jewish antiquities written around 93 A.D., Josephus was not a follower of Jesus, and in his Testimonium Flavianum, he describes knowing something of Jesus, that he started the Christian movement, that he was crucified, and this occurred under Pontius Pilate. In the Annals of Imperial Rome, a first century history written around 116 AD by the Roman senator and historian Tacitus, whom it is well established that if he considered any information not entirely reliable, wrote some indication of that, and there is no such indication of any potential error in the passages that mention Christ, noting also that Tacitus was disdainful of Christians, yet writes accordingly with what the New Testament itself says, that Jesus was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea in the reign of Tiberius, for crimes against the state, and a religious movement of his followers sprang up in his wake. The Roman governor, Pliny the Younger, wrote to Emperor Trajan that early Christians would sing hymns to Christ as to a god. And Roman historian Suetonius referenced Jesus in noting that Emperor Claudius had expelled Jews from Rome who were making constant disturbances at the instigation of the Christ. University of North Carolina historian Bart D. Ehrman notes that Jesus was known by historians of his time who had reason to look into the matter and no one thought he was made up. What is more compelling is that this Jesus whom they write about claimed to be God. 
Yet the current culture suggests that we should only pay attention to what the scientific method proves. Yet that scientific method is only about 500 years old, while the span of recorded history is roughly 5,000 years old, beginning with the Sumerian cuneiform script. Yet now, like a bunch of woodpeckers in a vast forest, the woke agenda is attempting to carve holes and rewrite all of history, making claims to the superior importance of modern man, his most narcissistic quality. The last book of scripture is titled Revelation or the Apocalypse. It's like a storm brewing out there on the horizon. Everyone knows it's coming. And the man on the horse and the man in his self-made ark are both trying to avoid the question, does God exist? Well, what if he does? St. Thomas Aquinas, the Italian philosopher, theologian, and Dominican priest, inspired five ways that might lead to that answer. One, we recognize that objects are either potentially in motion or actually in motion. And since none of these things can move itself, who then was the first mover? Two, we reason that nothing can be the efficient cause of its own being, its own creation, its own existence. So who then was the original first cause? Three, we find in nature everything existing is contingent upon something already existing. So who was the first non-contingent entity to start all this? Four, we understand percentages of perfection, that we're not always perfect, yet things outside of us are. Who then is responsible for this perfection? And five, we see that life has order. Acorns become oak trees, tulip bulbs become tulips, dogs don't become cats and neither do people. Birds and monkeys don't build hotels that take credit cards, nor do they paint pictures and sign their names to it. There is order in the cosmos, in the intricacy of the human body, as well as all of nature. Who then is the intelligent designer of all this? Where the only reasonable answer is God. The sum of all fears might be precisely what we all fear the most. What happens when we die? So if you choose to wait and be like the rider on the horse galloping headlong to its end, or the sailor in his self-made ark riding out the storm, you might want to consider that getting bucked off a horse, you'll find the ground rises pretty fast. The ending is hard, and you bounce uncontrollably. And you can land either to the left or to the right. And what's more dangerous, the woodpeckers inside your ark or the storm outside on the horizon? And besides, he who is the first mover, the first cause, the non-contingent one, the perfect one, who gives all things order, the thought of whom nothing greater can be thought, said he who is lukewarm, I will spit thee out of my mouth. That's not a good place to be in. Some loogie hanging on a rock just to dry up in the sun. When you could have been royalty with the ring, the robe, and the sandals. Hearing the greatest words that could ever be spoken to you. My beloved child, welcome home. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.